Well, good morning, friends. It is, uh, it is so good to be with you all this morning. Hope you're having a great morning, a great week. Uh, the family, uh, we're getting settled in a little bit more each and every day. So thank you guys for your prayers. They are working, uh, depending on what you're praying for. If you're praying for us to stick around, it's working. Um, but we are excited. The neighborhood is, is fun, and Bailey's uh, really getting situated and getting settled in, which is great. And And the church has been very encouraging, so we just want to thank you guys so much for everything. I will admit I've been lost a time or two or ten, even in my own neighborhood. It's a little awkward. Is that? That's not my house. Okay, it looks like my house, but not my house. But Ryan, I do know where Wadsworth is. Yes. It's the exit just past uh, King Carroll, right? Going south on. All right, just kidding. Just kidding. Kind of. All right. Um... Last week, I asked you guys to thank and honor a group of folks, a special group, who had filled this pulpit over the last nine months or so, kind of in between pastors of this church. And just a little word to that group. It's about eight or ten folks. Rest up. Enjoy your time off. I'll be calling on you again shortly. Uh, What a gifted group of people, and I want to continue to utilize them in a teaching team and and kind of a, a rotating basis. So, so enjoy your vacation, but, but don't, don't think it's permanent. Uh, this morning, I really want us to recognize another group of folks. I think as we start off kind of this new season, it's important for us, as the scripture says, to honor those who are worthy and deserving of that honor. And this morning, it's the staff at West Bowles. Uh, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but it is, it is very, very clear to me that if it were not for these 10 folks or so, this church is not here right now today. Uh, It's an amazing group of people, and they have worked tirelessly, sometimes thanklessly, I imagine. They've had friends and family leave this place. They haven't seen the fruit or the excitement that they would probably have wanted, and yet they have remained committed to this place. And so these names, I want them to, to mean something to you because they're why we're here. They're why this church is standing. Dave Beatty, John Burns, Charlene Kowser, Melanie Dykes, Nathan and Kara Harrison, Ryan Long, Terry Muller, Rebecca Sarian, Lisa Beatty, and Katie Brady. I'm sorry if I butchered any of your names, but, but I hope you know that I care deeply about you, and I am so thankful for you. And we as a church want to thank and recognize you as well. If you're here, staff, would you stand real fast? Uh, any of our staff members who are here, would you stand for us real fast? I see you. I see you. It's an incredible group of people, and I'm honored, honored and so excited uh, to hang out with them and to serve alongside of them. Let me pray for them and then for our morning together. Father, we thank you for the way you incarnate and make your word come to life. You did it through Jesus, and we have seen it through this staff as well. We know more about you because of them. Thank you for who they've been for us, what they've done for us, the way they've cared for our littlest ones all the way to the oldest ones. They are truly the essence in the heart of West Bowles, and we thank you for their their commitment to this place. Would you help them to see the harvest that you are about to bring in as a result of their work? They have been tilling hard soil for many a year, and now, Lord, it's time for the spring rain to come and for amazing things to happen. Would you help them to be excited and for us to thank them? We also pray this morning, God, that you would speak to us. Speaking of rain, rain down now in our hearts and our minds. Would you, as you did at Pentecost, speak to each and every person in a way that would transform and change. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Last week we started a series entitled God Is, and I wanted this to be kind of my inaugural series basically because I think that that single sentence and the way in which you finish that single sentence is more important than the way in which you finish any other 
sentence. Who you think God is will ultimately change and determine and, and, and make up, define who you are. It will ultimately shape you. That's because we're made in his image and his likeness. You and I are manifestations, expressions of who God is. And so if God is dead or distant or angry or apathetic or just a rule keeper or a lawgiver, then that will manifest itself in you. You are made in his image. If that's who he is for you, you will inevitably become that. But the opposite is also true. That's the good news. If God is great, powerful, creative, majestic, holy, kind, fun, patient, you are made in his image. You will also become like that. So who God is is of ultimate importance because that's who we will become and who we are. And so last week I started this series off by sharing with you what I think is the most important trait of God, and that's that he is a ludicrous lover. I hope that those words resonated in your mind and in your heart and in your spirit over the course of the last seven days because there's no more important trait than that. God loves with an incomparable, unmatched, ludicrous love. It's unconditional, it's sacrificial, it's scandalous. One man says it this way, it's a wasteful love. That's how he loves each and every one of us. And so my prayer for you as a church and for every person individually is that you will come to know, and as Ephesians says, personally experience that love that you will be changed by that love and that you will know that God not only loves you, but he actually likes you a lot. I pray that you will come to know that God will throw a party for you just because, that he will leave others to go make sure that you're okay, that he will run to you even after you've made a mess of things, to put it in more conventional terms, God has your picture in his wallet, your selfie is the wallpaper on his computer, your name is on his hands and on his mind and on his heart. That's how much he loves you. He is head over heels in love with you. I don't know how else to say it. And in all honesty, knowing that love, being infused with that love, overflowing with that love is what causes Christians to light a fire for Christ. Every Christian I've run into who's changed their, their home, their, their neighborhood, their city, it started with an overwhelming sense that God loves me you know, in an unmatched, unbridled kind of way. And so if you ever catch yourself saying, yeah, 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 God loves me, I got that. Learn that in Awana. You don't really got it. You don't ever get it. It's like a tree whose roots just probe deeper and deeper into the soil. You can only experience more and more and more of it. So we're going to always come back to the ludicrous love of God. And this morning, I want to jump off of that. Because he loves us so much, he does something. Because he loves us so much, he changes us. And this is how he does it. To set the, the stage for this trait, let me share with you something I stumbled across this week. It's entitled, Several Things You Should Never Say Once Without Thinking Twice. Here are a few of the top ones. Number one, call me anytime. Be careful who you say that around. Number two, we have plenty of room. Just let that speak for itself. Number three, my spouse happens to be a doctor or a lawyer or an accountant or a contractor. And if they're all three, four or five of those things together, definitely don't say that out loud. But oh, you'll get hit up for some services, won't you? They know what you do. Here's number four, of course, bring the kids. <laughs> yeah, maybe rethink that one a couple times. Here's one, if you have one of these, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yes, that is my truck. <laughs> Be very, very careful who you say that around. And then this one, I get into trouble every once in a while. Yeah, I like spicy food. 
famous last words for your stomach. But right, the power of speech. Think about it. There's just a couple of words on that screen, and yet they can change situations so dramatically, can't they? The power of the spoken word is incredible. And nowhere do we see that power manifest itself more mightily than as it pertains to God. And that's the next trait I want to talk about this morning with you for a few minutes. See, God is the sovereign speaking one. Our God is a God who speaks. Our God is a God who declares. Our God is a God who proclaims. Out of his love, he wants to talk. Out of his love, he wants to share things with you. He's not cold and callous and sitting in the corner. He wants to communicate, and he does so in incredibly powerful ways. In fact, when God speaks, because he's sovereign, basically a church word, forgive me for it, it means superior, supreme, incredible. Because he is so powerful, when he speaks, the whole universe listens. When he speaks, three things happen that don't happen for anyone else when they speak. I want to share them with you this morning. The first is this. When God speaks, he creates. The Bible, the most important book in human history, sold more copies than almost all other books combined, begins with these simple words. In the beginning, God said. You see, he spoke. I find that so interesting. There are no lengthy explanations There are no scientific discoveries about the age of the earth. There's no philosophical arguments over the nature of God or the existence of God. It's just a few words. God was there before the beginning. And this uncreated one, the one who stands before time, the one who stands over time, the one who stands above time, he set the world into motion. He brought light into the darkness. He brought something out of nothing. He brought order out of the chaos. When he did of all things, speak. He spoke. I love Psalm 33, 6. It says this. The Lord merely spoke, and the heavens were made. He breathed the word, and all the stars were born. God is so powerful, so mighty, so sovereign, he didn't even have to lift a finger to create the stars. He just said, star. There's a saying out there, maybe you've heard it, it goes something like this. When all is said and done, there's always a lot more said than done. Do you know that saying? Don't nudge somebody next to you. And this is true, I get it. Sometimes in relationships, sometimes in work meetings, definitely when it comes to the Senate. But (laughs) it's not true with God. When all is said and done with God, what is said is done. His word does things that no other word does. Let there be light is the first words out of his mouth. What an amazing moment that must have been. Light came traveling out of the mouth of God at 186,000 miles a second because of one word. And that light will travel 5.8 trillion miles in a year. That light could have been our sun. Here's a picture of our sun. Find yourself. Here's a little dot in the bottom left-hand corner. See yourself there? Okay, good. We need one of those X's right at the mall. You are here. Well, our sun, that little ball of hot gas, is just a balmy 27 million degrees at its core. You thought it was hot this week in Denver. 
And not only is it incredibly hot, it's massive. The sun is a million times the size of the earth. One million times. Imagine speaking a ball of hot gas that's 27 million degrees into existence with a single word. It gives a whole new meaning to bad breath, doesn't it? (laughs) Ball of hot gas. Okay, sorry. But here's the thing. Our sun... It's just kind of an average-sized star. It's actually not that great. It's not nearly as big as its big brother. The largest star we've ever found is Canis Majoris. Here's a picture of Canis Majoris. And there you see that little tiny dot to the left? That's our sun. Canis Majoris, I think, means big dog star. I'm not sure what the real technical term is. But it's so big that if the Earth were a golf ball... Canis Majoris would be the size of Mount Everest. And God made it when he said, let there be Canis Majoris. He said it when he, he created it when he spoke it into being. I love how Louis Giglio says it. We are worshiping an unrivaled God. We are worshiping a star-breathing God. We are worshiping a star-proclaiming God. Amen. When he speaks, he creates, and he creates things that are beyond our wildest imaginations. But you don't have to look to the star to see all of that. Just look in the mirror. Just look inside of you. Because you and I are quite possibly the most miraculous and amazing part of all creation. Canis Majoris is great, but you're even better. See, we are formed and fashioned by the same star-breathing God. Just as he intentionally and purposely said, let there be light, let there be the sun, let there be Canis Majoris, he also intentionally and purposely called you forth. Let there be Thomas, let there be Brad, let there be Melissa. I don't care what others tell you. I don't care what your college professor said back in the day. I don't care what they say on CNN or on Time Magazine. You are not an accident. You are not a random assortment of mutating cells. You're not highly developed pond scum. You're not some highly developed monkey. You are the created one of God. You were spoken purposefully and designed, excuse me, I'm so excited, specifically by the Lord. Let there be you. He wanted you. He needed you. And so he spoke you into being with a single word. I'm going to get a little geeky with you. had some fun with Wikipedia this week. The language of your DNA is incredible. It's the language of God himself. It would take 96 years for us to read every single cell and piece of DNA in your body. 96 years, that's quite a book. If we unwrapped all of the DNA you have in your cells, we could go to the moon and back 6,000 times. That's just you. That's your story. And there's no other story like it. No other set of DNA reads just like you. You are a miracle. You are amazing. And it's not prideful or arrogant to say that. It's just to give credit where credit is due. We give the one who made us. We give glory to the one who made us this way. We say thank you for speaking us into existence. So when the sovereign one speaks, he creates. And he creates wonderful things, beautiful things. We could just open up this curtain and just stare at that mountain. And it all happened when God spoke. But he does something else when he speaks. Not only does he create, but he commands and he controls things. We see this so clearly in the ministry of Jesus. If you were to go through the New Testament, most of the miracles that happen, 
Most of the profound moments that occur around Jesus' life happen because he said something. To a vicious storm that's rocking the disciples' boat as well as their psyche, Jesus said, quiet, be still. To the daughter of an important synagogue ruler in a room filled with crying, wailing, weeping people, Jesus said, little girl, it's time to get up. To a crazed man who's being tormented and tortured by epilepsy, demon possession, isolation, he says, get out of him. To a man who'd been dead for over three days, he's stinking up the joint. He says, Lazarus, come out. To the leper, he says, be clean, and he was. To the paralytic, he said, get up, take your mat, and go home, and he did. Are you seeing a pattern here, a trend here? When Jesus spoke, he controlled things. When Jesus spoke, he had power and authority and dominion over things, over nature, over disease, over death, over evil. So much power, in fact. Again, he doesn't lift a finger. He just says it, and it happens. In fact, we learn in John, I just stumbled across this this past week, when we pass away, when we take the rest that some of us are really looking forward to, we will be awakened from that rest. It says when we hear his voice. We'll be resurrected from the dead when the speaking one says our name for a second time. Oh, that's incredible, right? You came into existence when he said, Rick, come on, time to live. And you'll live forever when he says, Rick, wake up. It's time to live forever. That's incredible, isn't it? No other God has that kind of power. No other God has that kind of authority. No other God is quite like our God. So he creates with his word. He commands and he controls things with his words, but he also commissions and he calls. Let me tell you a little story about my eighth grade youth football career. My physique was just as dynamic and overwhelming as it is now. So you can imagine the coaches really wanted me on their team. I mean, I was just lucky to get a few minutes of playing time. First day of practice, come to find out our coaches don't have a clue what they're doing. So they more or less just ask for some volunteers for each position. Anybody want to be the running back? You look good. Come on up. Well, they get to the quarterback spot. You know, the captain, the field general. I'd never played a day of football in my life. I wasn't going to volunteer. So I just kept my hand down, just kept quiet. A few seconds into it, I hear the coach behind me yell, Chris, Chris, raise your hand. Well, my name isn't and wasn't Chris, so I paid no attention to that. Chris, Chris, I said, raise your hand. Again, not paying much attention. Chris, I won't say it again. I turned around just to kind of see who was getting yelled at. Guess who he's staring at? Me. Did one of those, you looking at me, coach? <laughs> yes, Chris, raise your hand. I looked at the coach, I said, coach, coach, my name's not Chris. I don't care what your name is, boy, we need a quarterback. Raise your hand. <laughs> That's the way my rather forgettable football career started and ended all in the same day. But you see, like those coaches, in a weird, random way, God invites you. He calls your name. Luckily, he knows what name it is. And he calls you into things you never would have volunteered for in the first place, doesn't he? He says, I need you to be the quarterback of this team. I need you here right now. I need you to say this to this person. I'm calling and commissioning you into something, something you wouldn't have wanted to do otherwise. 
a part of something you wouldn't have joined otherwise, influencing those you wouldn't have otherwise. Yes, he calls the stars out by name every single night. And yes, he calms storms and does away with illnesses when he speaks. But you know what else he does when he speaks? He speaks your name and he calls it out. He calls people out of dead-end jobs, destructive lives, empty situations. He calls them out by name. He calls them out of the humdrum, mundane, temporal, finite, fickle patterns of the world, and he calls them into the infinite. He calls them into the kingdom. God speaks names. Abram, Moses, Mary, Peter, Saul. You see, God knows your name. He knows your name and he calls it out. And when he does, when he speaks directly to you, when he calls out in your darkness, when he calls out in your chaos, you're never the same again. Amen? When you hear the Lord say your name, you're changed forever. And that's why I love what the, the writer of Hebrews says. Multiple times throughout the book, he says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Because if you hear his voice today, you'll be changed forever. If you hear his voice today, you'll be changed for every day here on out. See, when God speaks, he doesn't have to say a whole lot. He doesn't have to fill the air like preachers do for 30 minutes. It takes one word. What if I got up here and the sermon was one word? So you'd be like, amen. But all it takes is one word from the mouth of God. Your name and coupled with one other word and everything could be different forever. Abram, go. Moses, Go back. Gideon, fewer. Mary, you're pregnant. <laughs> Paul, why? Peter, preach. Thomas, Google search. Right? You see, all these crazy things happen. Sorry, inside joke. We'll tell you more about it later. He is so powerful. Such in control is he. He has so much authority over our world. One word from his mouth can change your life forever, amen? Africa. Africa? What are you talking about Africa? All of a sudden, your heart and your mind are bent on Africa. You gotta go. You send all your money there, right? Her, across the room. What, Lord? She's way out of my league. Her. Well, okay. One word because he's the sovereign speaking one. So when he speaks, he creates. When he speaks, he commands. And when he speaks, he calls and he commissions. Isn't his word powerful? Isn't his voice so good? But in a message like this, I don't want us just to keep it at this theoretical abstract level. In a message like this, I don't want us just to feel good about the speaking one and walk out of here knowing that God speaks and he spoke things into being and yay, we, we love that about our God. No, 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 we gotta take it to a very practical level. Here's what I want us to do. The first step in all of this is I want us as a church to believe in the power of God's words. We have to believe in the power of his words. Look, at, look with me real fast at Matthew chapter eight, verses five through 10. I have it on the screen, but I don't know how small that is. Is that too small for y'all? When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion, a, a ruler, if you would, came to him and asked him for help. He said, Lord, my servant lies at home paralyzed, and he's suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, well, shall I come and heal him? And the centurion replied, listen to his words, Lord, I don't deserve to have you come under my roof. Just say the word, and my servant will be healed. Because I understand what it's like to have power and authority, he says. 
I have soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes. Tell this one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to everybody and then to us, this man has amazing faith. Why did he say that? Because that's a a praise and a compliment. Jesus doesn't throw around a whole lot. Why did he say it? Because the man believed in the power of Jesus' words. And it's important that we believe in them too. How many of us truly believe that if Jesus just spoke a word to us, our life would be changed forever? How many of us just say, say the word, Jesus. Just say the word. In my marriage, just say the word. In my finances, just say the word. I'm looking for a job, Jesus. Just say a word. I don't know what to do about my past or I'm afraid of my future. Just say the word. Don't come. I don't deserve for you to come. Just say a word. The next thing I think we need to do is not just believe in the power of God's word. We need to position ourselves to hear God's words. Now, I know that a lot of people struggle with this particular trait of God, this particular thought, the concept of God speaking. There's a lot of debate. Does God still speak like he did in the Old Testament? Is it audible? Uh, can, Can we trust it anymore? A lot of folks aren't sure if you can hear his voice today. There's disagreement on how to go about doing it. Christian and non Christian alike feel as if God is silent, hard to hear. If that describes you, I can resonate completely relate. I can sympathize, but here's my encouragement to you. It's probably not a question of God speaking as much as it is a question of us being prepared to listen and hear it. See, if God is the same, and I believe that he is yesterday, today, and forever, that means that the same God that said, let there be Canis Majoris, is still speaking things into existence today. The God that, that took away the leprosy is the God who can still take away things today through his word. And the God who called people out by name is still able to do that today. He's the same. So he is speaking. I believe that to be true. I don't think it's him. I think it's us. And I don't say that to belittle our faith. I don't say it to make you feel bad. You just don't have enough faith. That's why you don't hear him. No, it's not that at all. Think about it with me just for a second, radio waves. There are right now hundreds, if not thousands, of messages floating through the air. And if I were silent enough, if I could turn off my voice long enough, that's about as long as I can go, okay, um, it would be silent in here. We, we wouldn't hear a thing. And yet there are thousands of messages right now in this room going all around. Why can't we hear them? Why can't we hear the sports radio right now? Why can't we hear the politicians debating? Why can't we hear the great music on all the different channels? Why not? Why is it silent? because we're not positioned to hear it. We don't have the receiver. We haven't done what it takes to take that message and make it our own. Does that make any sense? And I wonder if the same is true for us and God. I wonder how many of us who want to and desperately need to hear a word from the Lord, we're just not positioned to hear from him. We're too loud. We're too busy. We're too preoccupied We're not in a place to hear. And again, I don't say it to make you feel, but I want to encourage you. When Samuel was told by his mentor, you need to hear a word from the Lord, this is what he was told. Go down, lie down, be still, and say to God, speak, for your your servant is listening. Go down, lie down, be still, and ask God to speak. Does that describe your... Radio waves, be still, lie down, 
Ask humbly doesn't describe me. I'm so busy, so chaotic, so crazy. No wonder I can't hear a word from the Lord. I have a friend who always goes on a silent retreat. It's four weeks long, a four-week-long silent retreat. I'd go crazy. God, like, you got to talk. He says the first week is just all about what's going on in his head, right? Every thought, every problem, every chaotic thing he's trying to deal with at home and at work. Second week, he breathes a little bit. Third week, he's silent before the Lord. He doesn't have anything else to say. And then the fourth week, he says, he starts to hear from the Lord. Four weeks, and I want it to happen in four minutes before I go to work in the morning. Lord, speak for your servant is listening. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. All right, gotta go. (laughs) You got nothing, huh? Okay, all right, we're out. Four weeks. Now, most of us don't have that luxury, but how many of us will sit down, lie down, be still, and say, Lord, speak, I want to hear. I wonder if we need to position ourselves a little bit better. In my experience, God's voice typically comes in and through two ways. The first is through this book. Most of us are waiting and hoping for a miraculous voice of the Lord to come into our life. We are hoping that he will speak to us in an incredible way that will change things forever. Folks, he already has. These are his words. I believe powerfully in the power of this book, and I hope that you do as well. We were talking as a group of guys this week about doing that whole, like, Lord, I need to hear a word from you. Okay, here we go. Oh, great. Lamentations 4. What do you have for me, Lord? And then sure enough, it's a word of life. It's a word that you needed. Isn't that amazing? Second Timothy, Paul tells us that this book is God-breathed. That's interesting. That's how he breathed the stars into existence. That's how Canis Majoris came into being. Same with this book. It's just as powerful and a lot cooler than Canis Majoris. All right, you didn't get that. Okay, sorry. 26 million, okay, ah, bummer, ah, shoot, okay. If you want to hear from the Lord, spend some time in his word. I promise you, you'll hear his voice. He will speak to you in powerful ways. The second way that he speaks to us is typically through this still, silent, small voice. It's almost like a whisper, isn't it? Now, I I know it would be nice if God yelled or if God shouted or if God, you know, kind of hit you on Facebook or Instagrammed you all the time. It was like, stop, okay, I get it already. But he doesn't. He whispers. And I think it's because he wants to know if we are really interested in hearing him or not. I call these things promptings. These promptings are almost like shooting star thoughts, aren't they? For me, I'll have a, a really healthy breakfast every morning, like Lucky Charms. So I'm eating those with the girls. And all of a sudden, this random shooting star thought, you should call your older sister today. I haven't talked to Allie in like a month. Why would I need to talk to my sister? Then I go through my day and the emails and, and, and things come up and all of a sudden I haven't called her. Come to find out Allie was going through a really hard time. And had I listened to that prompting, I could have been a part of a pretty incredible thing with her. Have you ever had that happen before? You're in the car, a random place comes to mind, a random person comes to mind. You go through your phone, there's that name. I haven't, I haven't talked to that person in years. Why did their name stand out to me all of a sudden? Could it be the voice of the Lord? It could, probably is. It's a prompting, it's a whisper. Are you faithful enough to follow it out? A friend of of mine calls these things Holy Spirit promptings. Well, he calls the promptings first thoughts. So you see somebody in need, and what's your first thought? I should probably help that person out. But then your second thought and your third, fourth, all the subsequent thoughts are, ah, I just don't have the time to help them out. I gotta get to work, or things are crazy at home, so you move on. But your first thought, maybe that was from the Lord. 
you're lying down for bed and all of a sudden you notice the living room light is still on downstairs. Your first thought, I should probably get up and turn the living room light off. Second thought, but the wife is closer, right? <laughs> Third thought, I'm already half asleep. Fourth thought, I like the light being on at night. But your first thought, maybe that first thought was a prompting from the Holy Spirit. Maybe those random shooting star thoughts, maybe those first thoughts are actually the word of the Lord. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He spoke things into being at the beginning, and I think he's speaking things into being now. Will you listen? All right, so we need to believe in the power of it. We need to position ourselves to hear it. And then third and finally, I want us to be vessels that share it. If we are made in the image of the sovereign speaking one, then our words have just as much power as his words do. It's incredible. What we say matters. What we say can create. So go out there, Christian, through your words. Create beautiful new things. Speak new songs, new jobs, new friendships, new movies, new whatever, new artwork. Speak it into existence. You have the creative power of God in you. Speak it out. Speak hope and joy and light into the darkness and depression and chaos. Like God, you have the power through your words to control things. Control how people respond to things. Control how you respond to it. Control whether or not it moves out of control. Control and make sure it doesn't escalate. Control how you reply to things. You have the power like Jesus to say, stop that. Start that. Let's move this direction. You can create through your words and you can control through your words. And just like Jesus, you can call people through your words. And I hope that you will. I know for a fact there's a person in your life right now who wants to be called by you. Maybe on the phone, but probably more in person. They want to be called your friend. They want to be called to your house. They want to be called with you to church. They want you to commission them, to invite them, to speak into their life something they wouldn't have otherwise. We need a quarterback. Chris, would you come? Hopefully you know their name. <laughs> All right, three, three action items real fast for this week. Here's your homework. Jeremiah 31.3, anybody memorize that this past week? I have loved you with an everlasting love. Karen, I saw you saw something that, was it uh, um, Ace, Ace Hardware, I believe it was? That exact passage, that was great to see that posted. Here's your memory verse for the week, Deuteronomy 8.3. He humbled you, tried to get you to be quiet, causing you to hunger and he fed you with manna, which neither you or your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on what? Every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. You do not live on bread alone. You live because the sovereign speaking one is still speaking today. You live on the power of his word. I want you to memorize that passage. Second thing I want you to do, spend some time listening this week. Position yourself just a little bit better, a little bit more intentionally to hear a voice, to hear a word from the Lord. Sit, be still, and then ask humbly, Lord, speak, because your servant is listening. So position yourself. And then third, commit to speaking on behalf of the Lord this week. Use your words, those who've been made in the image of the sovereign speaking one, to create, to control, and to call. You have the power and the right. You've been invited to do what only God can do. I hope that you will this week. Let me pray that over you, and we'll call it a day. Father, I thank you so much for this church and for how they have manifested and been a vessel of your word thus far. Would we 
Be so in even greater ways as we move forward now. We pray that we will hear your word, believe in your word, know that you are still speaking today as powerfully as you did in the very beginning, that you are still calling people out by name as you did in Genesis and Acts, that you can control things, you can create things, you can commission things into being through a word. Would we hear a word? So many of us this morning, God, need to hear a word from you. We don't know where to go. We don't know what to do. Speak, for your servants are listening. And Lord, this week, would we also speak on your behalf? Would we in some way share your words with others and create and control and call people into things they never thought possible? In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Have an amazing week. It's been great to be with you this morning.